How y'all doing? It's the big dudes in the trenches. I'm rocking out over here to Michael Jackson. No, oh, dude, I, I love the green room now because you and I are both rocking it. Granted, maybe yeah. to different music, but we're both rocking it. I just randomly looked up. What was the number one song in 1988? It was Man in the Mirror. That song freaking slaps, dude. You know how good that song is? <laughs> good enough that it slaps, duh. <laughs> dude, we got a whole weekend of college football ahead of us. I'm so excited. Now, I know you are excited for NFL football. I couldn't give less of a shit. There is so much college football. I'm going to be literally watching like seven screens worth of college football on Saturday and recording another like seven hours worth of college football for myself on Sunday. I love <laughs> it. I love game. everything about what you just said. <laughs> and right now, for the record, is a whole different NFL game happening, literally as we're recording the show. Oh, did I lose you, Doug? Apparently oh. you did lose me. Oh, for a oh. There. you're coming back. Hey, hey, I have video again. Hey, I don't know what that was. Anyway. Wi-Fi issues. Probably. Probably that. Um, <laughs> I'll do my best here. Let's see if I can switch networks and maybe get it a little bit better. Uh, I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, let's hold it here. Anyway, <laughs> uh, why don't you start us off in the NFL anyway, man? All right, so NFL news, man. It's been a wild week. It's going to continue to be a wild week. Um, but for the good news, we have 129 Hall of Fame nominees. Uh, hey. It's not going to stay at 129. Uh, it's going to be cut down to 25 in November, then 15 uh, in January. And then uh, the vote like happens. The, the final class is something like four to nine people. Yeah. So. Um, here, here's what I will say. It, get, it gets cut down to, to 15 in January. And then after the vote, I inevitably get upset. Because yep. um, there's one Dolphins player who never gets in. It definitely deserves to be in, but <laughs> we we all agree that he does in fact deserve to be in. Anyway, anyway. I'm gonna read off some of the first ballot nominees. I'm gonna pause in between each name, Doug, and I want you to tell me if you think he's a first ballot or not. All right, we got running back Chris Johnson. CJ2K. He was so great for one season and then mediocre the rest of his career. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. All right, all right. Offensive guard, Jari Evans. Uh, man, I like that he's getting recognized in the nominee list. I think he should stay a nominee, personally. All right, this next guy, I know you're not a Cleveland fan anymore, but I know he's near and dear to your heart. Offensive tackle, the Iron Man himself, Joe Thomas. I'm going to be real with you, Joe Thomas is not one of the best left tackles to ever play the game. He is one of the most decorated left tackles to ever play the game. And he is the reason the Cleveland Browns were worth watching from 2007 to, I don't know, 2017. So I think he's one of the no-brainers here. He's going to get in eventually. I yeah. would be pretty surprised if he's not first ballot. I, I, I would agree. 
Uh, and I'm sure as these votes go on, this story's going to come up again. But one of my favorite stories about Joe Thomas is random QB comes in the huddle in the middle of the game. And he goes, hey, man, my name's Joe. Nice to meet you. Like, <laughs> that was Cleveland. And he still made Pro Bowls. So. <laughs> All right. Next on the list is defensive end Dwight Freeney. Oh, man, I love Dwight Freeney. He's one of the first defensive ends I remember watching where I was like, holy shit, defensive end is a freaking skill position. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I so still first, don't know if he's a first-round yeah, guy. I don't know. This is going to be tough. There are a lot of good defensive linemen on the list right now. The nominees are insane for that position group. I don't know if he gets in. All right, all right. We got a no for Dwight Freeney. Uh, coming down right off the next two, you tell me if either of them are first ballots here. We got two linebackers, Navarro Bowman and James Harrison. I think James Harrison has a better chance than Navarro Bowman does. I don't know what else to say there. I don't know. <laughs> how, about safe, how about safety Cam Chancellor? I'm going to say no for Cam Chancellor. He was good for like three seasons, and that was about it. Fortunately for him, he was part of a named defense and also won a Super Bowl. He was a key piece of a named defense. Right. I'm going to be real, though. I don't think he's worth a first ballot. Okay. Okay. Cornerback, Darrell Revis. Revis Island is headed to the hall. What do you think? He's 100% in. This is not even worth putting money down on because the odds will be so low. (laughs) <laughs> like, Darrell Rebus is 100% already in the Hall of Fame. It's just a matter of, you know, making it official. All right, and then and then we got two punters. Shane Leckler and the man, the myth, the legend himself, Pat McAfee. Either of them first ballots. No, because they're punters. Let me be <laughs> real, though, for a second. Shane Leckler is amazing. And... If we get another punter in the Hall of Fame, I would like for it to be Shane Leckler. Pat McAfee is an interesting case because we've seen what the Hall of Fame does already with short career guys. Like He's yes. not going to get a lot of respect this voting cycle just because of that. At the same time, Pat McAfee was so talented that what he did, he kind of was the reason for a couple of rule changes, like in himself, what caused a couple of rule changes about the way kickers play the game now. That's a little bit hard to ignore for me personally. I don't think the Hall of Fame gives a shit, though. <laughs> all right, all right. That the more, doesn't make it in. For the more <laughs> casual fans amongst us, what are those two rule changes? and Why are they so important? Well, one that I remember off the top of my head, which was an incredible play, he kicked an onside kick up the middle and recovered it himself, which is not legal anymore. But that is so freaking awesome. Why is that not legal? Because he was too good at it. They changed the rule because he was awesome. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's so bad. That should be legal. So, like, if the kicker has that skill, let them have it. Like... I think that's the only one that matters. That was so good. It stands on its own. 
But I would say out of these first-year guys, your first ballot guys are Joe Thomas and Darrell Rivas. Cam Chancellor, James Harrison, Dwight Freeney all have a really good chance of getting in. It's not going to be this year, most likely. And my wish list includes Shane Leckler, but he's a punter, so yeah. That's so tough. the I really like Dwight Freeney and James Harrison's chances, but they both had some issues either on or off the field sure. that I think are going to hold them out. Um, and the reason I like their chances is the same thing that you guys consistently point point towards me for Zach Thomas's name recognition. It's the same reason why Cam Chancellor is eventually going to get in. Um, but I think I think for both Dwight Freeney and James Harrison, I I do think you're right. They're they're going to miss this year. I got to look at the rest of the list and see who's returning. Like John Turner says on Facebook here, Hall of Fame voting is one of the most biased and flawed awards that they ever give out. I know Deion Sanders actually said something extremely similar to this himself. Oh, Doug, Doug, you paused out again. <laughs> All right, I'm. That's I'm good. Gonna, yeah, something like something like seventy percent of the Hall of Fame doesn't deserve to be in. That's Jesus. a quote from Deion Sanders. Jesus. Uh, which, yeah, kind of true. Um, <laughs> it kind of comes down to name recognition. I get what John Turner is saying here. Yep. Thank you for the comment. All right, I'm gonna move us down the list. We're out of the Hall of Famers, and we're into retirees now. Joe Hayden is retiring, signing a one-day contract with the Cleveland Browns. His career is over. I mean, we just talked about Hall of Famers and their chances on the first ballot this year. Is Joe Hayden an eventual Hall of Famer? No. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) All right, Doug, I'm going to let you run with this one because I don't quite know what this is getting at. (laughs) So... All right, this is a wild story. Um, Brett Favre apparently just embezzled $5 million from the state of Mississippi in order to fund his daughter's high school's new stadium. Um, The official for the state of Mississippi's welfare program has already resigned. This news came out a couple days ago. So it's definitely legit. That's what that means. (laughs) Well, also part of it is he knew the welfare manager. That that was a whole part of the deal. Right. Um, So since we still call Jameis Winston crab legs, I'm going to institute a new policy for the BBT that we call him Brett Welfare. (laughs) I I can't even deny it. All right, approved. <laughs> because that's fucking criminal and way worse than stealing crime legs. All right. <laughs> I do have one more story. Uh, I missed it Monday. I should have because the game was on. Uh, but stop me if you've heard this story before. Josh Gordon has been signed to an active NFL roster. He is now back on the Tennessee Titans. He was active Monday wow. night. <laughs> wow. Um, good luck. Um, you know, we say this every time this comes up, but man, I hope it sticks this time. That'd be <laughs> like... cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> All right, I don't I'm know a... what else to say. 
I mean, let's get cool. Let's, let's get into some games here. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we do need to talk about Titans, Bills, Vikings, Eagles, because they were happening as we were live last episode. So here's how that turned out. Um, uh, they were trash, both games. One and one for both of us. <laughs> so our NFL pick'em scores are all terrible right now. No, uh, luckily, you and I are over 500. Right, we're both over 500. Bug is three and eight on the season. So, suck it. Um, <laughs> I guess let's go ahead and jump to this week's prime time games, which starts with tonight's matchup of the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. Um, I gotta say, if the Browns lose this game, how quickly is Brownie the Elf gone from the field? <laughs> like that? I would say very, but Cleveland <laughs> is also currently up 7 nothing. I mean, I would have definitely picked Cleveland in this game if we were picking Thursday nights. But we don't do that because it's happening live and it's kind of unfair. Yep, um, nope, agreed. So, let's talk about Sunday night's game, which is San Francisco at Denver. Uh, to both of us going with San Francisco. Bug, obviously, still at work this week. Weird shift. Uh, he'll be back Monday, but he wanted to pick the Broncos for this matchup. I kind of say, I kind of understand where he's coming from. You kind of, almost in close matchups, you take the best player at home over the, you know, the decent players on the road. Uh, at the same time, I think I think San Francisco is the better team, just way better overall. So here's a couple things I have to say to that. Are we willing to say that in 2022, Russ Wilson is better than Jimmy G? I don't understand your hatred for Russell Wilson. I Okay, Jesus, just because I have a critique and he hasn't played well does not mean I hate the man. It means you hate the man. Let's be real. You know who I, you know who I do hate in Russell? Denver, though? No, Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett is showing some <laughs> serious lack of time management for a head coach. Well, let's be real for a second here. Nathaniel Hackett was brought in because he might have been a gateway to Denver getting Aaron Rodgers. And that didn't happen, which means they hired a head coach who's not prepared to be a head coach for a reason that didn't turn out well. So this is Nathaniel Hackett's going to be gone after the season if not in a couple of weeks. So so here, here's my thing. That's where I'm coming from. The reason I'm picking San Francisco isn't about the players. It's actually about the coaching staffs. I, you, you don't look like fools on Monday night against in Seattle and then come home and squeak out a win against the Texans and then go and get respect against the Niners. I'm sorry. I just – that's not it for me. Um, so I'm t- that's why I'm taking the Niners in this one. I have some doubts about their coaching staff. I still have both teams in the playoffs. So we'll yeah, we'll is. see how that goes. Uh, Monday night, <laughs> Cowboys. We have Cowboys at Giants Monday night. Uh, this is the battle of the worst quarterbacks in the league because Dak is out. So that's cool. Yep. Um, I'm taking the Giants here just because why not? How am I thinking? Um, it would be insane for them to start 3-0. But also, they're playing a Cowboys team that literally sucks ass right now. They just beat the Bengals. 
Yeah, the Bengals suck more ass. <laughs> All right. Um, I really do agree with you that the Giants have looked fantastic this season. Brian Dable has them looking like a completely different team. Right. No doubts. Um, <laughs> on the same token, for some reason over the past couple of seasons, the Cowboys have actually played better without Dak. I don't get it. Just kind of how it's been going. Yeah, um, but last season was with Andy Dalton, not with Cooper Rush. No, last season would have been Cooper Rush. There was the season before, because Andy Dalton was playing Chicago last year. Either way, Cooper Rush is bad in this job. Oh, absolutely. It could be Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci is the GOAT. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Uh, no, but I'm taking Dallas here because, yeah, Brian Dable's offense looks good, <laughs> but this is this is an in-division rivalry, and, man, something's got to give for them. Um, they got – Frankly, I think they got lucky in in Tennessee. Um, last week, I forget who they played, but it wasn't the cleanest game, but they looked good. I think this is the week they come back to earth. I'm just kind of taking the home team. That's all I'm doing here. Feels like an evenly matched matchup now. But That's fair enough. Up. So, why not? All right, push us on. Okay, so our picks for matchups this week. Uh, Bug wanted to go with Texans at the Bears. This is Lovey Smith's homecoming. I still don't understand why Lovey Smith was ever fired from Chicago. Nobody does. Is what it is. Um, I'm going to say this is a weirdly good matchup. <laughs> but not for the reasons we think it is. Not because it's good football, but because they're both equally Correct. Trash. Correct. So, when they're both equally trash, um, I have nothing to go off of. And I've kind of flipped a coin on this one. I'm going to be honest with you. What do you got? <laughs> like you said, they're equally matched. I don't really know what either is going to bring. Um, again, I'm starting to have some concerns about Chicago's play calling already. Uh, I'm sorry, Justin Fields should be throwing the ball, throwing the ball more than 14 times a game, which is what he's averaging right now. Right. Um, Either way, it's a home game for Chicago. Soldier Field is not easy to go into and play in. Um, they've got one win they should not have at Soldier this year, so I think they're going to pull it out again. I went ahead and took the Bills at the Dolphins. This one hurt for me. Uh, I took it specifically because Tug didn't want to, because that might have been a jinx against his Dolphins. Uh, at the same time, I think this is going to be one of the better matchups of the weekend in the NFL. The Bills are looking insanely dominant at the moment. We'll see yeah. if the Dolphins look like they are actual contenders or if they've just played shit teams, uh, which is very possible. <laughs> I, I want it known that I have picked the Bills over uh -huh. my Dolphins. And it hurts. I just so yeah, you can't I, say that I'm 100% biased. Well, I think what you've done here is you've actually tried to meme us. I didn't know who Ben picked. No, you can't say that. I picked my teams before Ben picked. <clears throat> okay, but you could have seen the slides if you wanted to. But I didn't. I think that you did. I. I don't believe you. <laughs> oh. Um. No. The, 
I, I agree with you 100%. This is a very intriguing matchup. I actually did want to take it. Um, it's in Miami. Miami's got their throwbacks for this game. But Buffalo has looked off the charts. Uh, I'm going to still say, insane. I think it's very likely that what will happen is the Bills are the new Patriots as far as the Dolphins are concerned. They're going to lose in Miami and win in Buffalo. I will take a 3-0 start on the year, sir. No, I'm just, they're going to lose in Miami and win in Buffalo. Oh. The Dolphins are. Wow. I'll take a 2-1 start in the season. Right. And you'll take a win in Buffalo. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, but ultimately, everything you said, this is going to be a high-scoring, high-flying matchup. Uh, now, these picks are straight up. I want to make that known because if we were picking against the spread, I would have gone with Miami. The spread oh, is, current, is currently is like six, six and a half in favor of I mean, Buffalo on the road. Uh, I don't know, dude. I, I take the Bills by a touchdown. Well, then... It, that's what I'm saying, though, is I would have spread this out, the picks. I think Miami can keep – I think it's going to be about a, a field goal game. Yeah. I thought that the last couple of weeks, and the Bills have won by, like, 87 each week. So, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right, moving on down. So, I have a game that, honestly, again, these are two evenly matched teams um, that just have not been performing to standard. Ultimately, I think, personally, the Raiders have – a, a better chance at pulling this one out. I think they're going to find their rhythm. Uh, Tennessee's offense lacks an entire identity. Derrick Henry only has two first down rushes on the season. Um, well, and then, you know, and that's earning a first down plus one touchdown. That's just, it. it's not a good look for Tennessee. Something's not clicking there. I don't like it. I'm going with the Raiders. And I completely understand that. And yet the Titans are at home and I'm going to say, Titans win this one and secure Ryan Tannehill having a job for another week because uh, it's not going to be too far before Malik Willis chance. Start he he already thinking. entered the game against Buffalo. I know he entered the game, but it wasn't like it wasn't like is he really going to take Tannehill's job it, or anything? It, it wasn't like Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in for Miami a couple right. years back. I mean, ah, here's the crazy thing. They're both 0-2. I think both of these teams probably still end up making the playoffs because uh, I think they're both extremely talented, and I like the coaching staffs they have. I'm yeah. going to go with the home team in that case. If they're both <laughs> trash, I'm, I'm flipping the coin. If, it's, if they're both good, I'm going with the home team. That's kind of where I'm at with this one. That's fair. All right, let's get to my start and sits of the week. Yes, sir. What do you got for us? For All right, receivers? we're starting with the wide receivers. I am sitting DJ more this week. Uh, look, he did have a solid game last week. I'm not a huge – I don't really trust Baker Mayfield right now. He's super inconsistent. Um, and New Orleans has actually played really well against wide receivers this year. This matchup just doesn't look great for, for DJ Moore, so I'm, I'm going to sit him this week. Uh, I am starting – Amon Ross St. Brown, and I might be a week or two late on this one. Um, right. <laughs> dude has been killing it. He is the clear number one in Detroit. Uh, and Minnesota has had a rough time against wide receivers. I think they're second or third in uh, fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Uh, four Baltimore's in last, but they got absolutely ripped last week. So that's kind of not fair. Uh, 
But for now, let's ride the wave on Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, I kind of understand it. At the same time, it does feel a bit late. He, I don't know that Amon Ross St. Brown can really produce week to week. You know? th- well, he's done it two weeks, so I'm betting on the third week. That's ah, still wild to me. What do you got for running backs? All right, running backs. I'm sitting Javante Williams. He still has not broken out the way you would like him to. He is a solid running back, uh, but it's a committee. And Denver's goal line offense has looked like absolute garbage this year. Um, On top of that, San Francisco has a stout defensive front. uh, And the Broncos even struggled against against Seattle. Javante has been all over the place. He's on the field. He's getting touches. But this matchup just doesn't sound right. Something is missing in Denver. I don't quite know what it is. I'm sitting Javante as much as that hurts. Can I just say? Go ahead. I pulled the pictures for this slide. This screenshot looks straight out of Madden. Sorry. Wrong slide. Like, if you just look at Javante Williams himself. Yeah. That's how good EA's graphics have gotten. This looks yes. like a Madden screenshot. If you look at all the details behind him that EA doesn't give a shit about, this looks like a real picture. But if yep. you look at the player himself, Madden looks good, like, on screen. Too bad nothing else is good. Right. Too bad the gameplay is trash. <laughs> All right. In my final start of the week, look, Cincinnati has not found its rhythm on offense this year. I think it's going to happen this week. Joe Mixon's going to get them rolling. They're going to find that win. Uh, and, and honestly, it's a big-time favorable match against the Jets run defense. I like the opportunity Joe Mixon has here to light it up and break out for the season. Joe Mixon's going to provide the fire that they have. If I had him in any league, he'd be starting for me. That checks. The Bengals need to find a spark somewhere. I think Joe Mixon's probably a great place to find it. So I like that pick. But that does take us to the NCAA, which is my cup of tea, if you couldn't tell from the intro. <laughs> um, also, there's three college football games happening literally right now. Um, all incredible. I love all of them. Uh, we have West Virginia, Virginia Tech. We have Coastal Carolina whooping the shit out of Georgia State. And then Chattanooga, Illinois, which sounds way worse than it actually is. I think this is a very evenly matched game. But anyway, anyway, uh, time to go talk about some college football news. We have DeMar Brown overshone. Uh, I highlighted him as a prospect to watch out for earlier this season already. And I do still agree with that take. But something that I actually didn't know, um, DeMar Brown overshone has had a misdemeanor, like over the summer. Um, it was a while ago, but nobody seemed to really do anything about it until this week, which is hilarious because they're playing Texas Tech this week, and the district attorney that would be prosecuting this case is a Texas Tech alum. This is incredible. It's so petty. I love everything about it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, dude, college football is amazing. The fact that this is even legal is amazing. 
I don't think you can really make a rule about when the DA can prosecute college football players. Yeah, you absolutely can. It's called statu- uh, statute of limitations. Yeah, but they're definitely not outside of statute of limitations on this. <laughs> it's a misdemeanor. Gosh. Uh, the, the big news that actually came out today, LSU has been found in violation of some you know, recruiting rules. Um, obviously, I'm talking very lightly about this because the NCAA themselves don't give a shit. Um, yeah, they got a probation for a year. Oh, no. Which means literally nothing. Nothing bad will happen to them. They don't have to do anything extra, and the NCAA doesn't even watch them extra. Just a term that you can throw around and sound like you punished them. So that's cool. Also, LSU self-imposed a $5,000 fine. Oh my god, how will they ever recover? They're going to make that back off of uh, one fan buying beer at their stadium. That's why it's not in the Final Four. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is kind of bullshit. The coach himself who committed the violations has a three-year show clause. Um, show cause, which means he won't get hired for another college football job in the next three years, at least. Um, that's just the you, program you know he, doesn't get anything for that. I mean, you know he's going to get then? The NFL uh, job. Real punishing. Or he'll just wait a couple of years and get on at Alabama and yeah. start his career. Ah, yes. Nick Saban's School of Coach Rehabilitation. Yes. Uh, but that's really all the news that I have for college football. There's not a ton that has happened outside of the games, which have all been incredible, and I love every single one of them. College football is the greatest sport of all time. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some of these games this weekend. Uh, we do have our ranked versus ranked matchups per usual. Let's start with Clemson at Wake Forest. Uh, this is one of the biggest ACC matches of the last, you know, this year and last year, both huge for Wake Forest. I don't know, dude. It kind of feels to me like this Clemson's lose. At the same time, Wake Forest has such a good offense. This could be very interesting. It, it's definitely going to be an interesting game. Wake Forest doesn't quite seem the same as they were last year, which is understandable. Uh, and Clemson does seem to be making the – the right strides here. Uh, I do know Clemson has also had their fair share of early season struggles, but we'll see how they clean that up coming into uh, into this matchup. I've got Clemson. I do as well. But going on to our next one, Florida at Tennessee, Eight. number 20 at number 11. What Saturday of the month is it? Uh, the third. Oh, okay. Sorry, I couldn't count. I could only tell by the matchup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be real here. I don't think Florida's that good. Uh, they won against Utah by some bullshit. And they lost to Kentucky, not because Kentucky's that great, but because Florida's really not that talented this year. Like, I like Billy Napier, but this Florida team is not that good. And I don't think Tennessee's entire team is that good. But I think Tennessee's offense is worthy of being in the top 15 in the country. I'm going to take Tennessee in this one, partially because it is a home game for Tennessee. I, 
I agree. I don't think Florida is that good. But I also agree. I don't think Tennessee is that good. To me, this is more of a coin flip game. I'm going to take Florida in this one. Um, I don't know. Florida just had the edge in the rivalry, and I think they're going to continue that. Um, I don't think that Tennessee is a top 15 team. Um, and I think that's going to be the stat correction this week. What I want to have happen is that Florida wins this game and then Tennessee beats Georgia. And we have like a four-way tie across the top of the SEC. Oh, for first place, yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and for number one ranking in the uh, in the NCAA. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Our third and final FBS ranked matchup this week is Arkansas versus Texas A&M, not at Texas A&M. This game is going to be at Jerry World. Uh, oh, so it's a neutral site. Technically a neutral site game. I hate um, the NCAA. They allow for neutral sites. It kind of is a neutral site, though. I'll give them this one because, you know, it's Jerry World. He's a big Arkansas guy. I'll, I'll give it to him. It's better than having Oregon at the versus Georgia in Atlanta be a neutral Yeah, game. that's fair. <laughs> so, that's fair. Um, but if you have watched our show for any length of time, you know that we are kind of the unofficial podcast of the Woo Fucking Pig Nation. So we're all going Which, Arkansas here. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out. <laughs> we will become the official podcast of Woo Pig Nation if you guys let us. Damn right. Sam Pittman is the fucking greatest coach of all time. I don't <laughs> care what anyone says. Have Nick your Saban lawyers contact f- us and we'll figure <laughs> it out. Uh, we'll, we'll stop you before I get myself into more trouble. <laughs> Not trouble, dude. I'm, I'm just reaching for sponsorships. It's cool. No, I was about to shit on all of the great coaches throughout history. Anyway, um, we also have some great ranked FCS matchups. I couldn't bear not talking about them this week. Because there are some awesome games down the FCS level this weekend. Starting with, before actually before we do that, if you're watching us live, you may have noticed there are two number fours on your screen. Uh, that is not a typo. That is legitimate. Missouri State and Montana State are tied at number four in the coaches poll for the FCS. So we have two number fours, both in ranked matchups this weekend. Uh, Going to would have been a little bit confusing if I didn't address it. I, I need to ask this. For Eastern mm-hmm. Kentucky, did okay. they get express written permission from from KFC to use Colonel Sanders' likeness for their logo? Jesus Christ. Here's the, here's the craziest thing. That is not Colonel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so close, man. He has the goatee. That is not Colonel Sanders. It's a different guy. <laughs> you, know, you know how much I would laugh if I researched it and their and their mascot's name was Colonel Sanders? I know it's not. I don't They're want the to. Eastern Kentucky Colonels. Oh my not god. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, the Kentucky Colonels are an organization. It's not just one guy. I know it sounds like fried chicken, but it's fucking not. <laughs> Let's get to these okay. matchups. Okay, he's just the Colonel. Just also how people reference KFC. It's not fried chicken related. I'm telling you. <laughs> I I understand what you're saying, 
But this is a sponsor. This is a sponsorship made as well as Kool Aid McKinstry and Kool Aid, okay? Or to coldest in an HVAC company. Like this is perfect. Let's let's talk about these games real quick before we get. I I guess let's go ahead to the bottom of the list then. Eastern Kentucky at Austin P. This is (laughs) the Colonels versus the Gunners. Very statesmanly. Let's go, P. I know you guys both, I think, picked Austin P to win this conference. Right now, it's a three-way tie between Eastern Kentucky, Austin P, and Jacksonville State. Honestly, I think the winner of this matchup has the best chance of any team to win the conference this year. I'm going to go with Eastern Kentucky. Looking you, at them you individually, from Kentucky would go with with Colonel Sanders. It's okay. I'm not trying to go with the hometown team. I'm trying to go with looking at the stats individually. Austin P does have a couple of better stats individually, but Eastern Kentucky as a whole has played better than Austin P so far. I'm going to say Austin P is the is the probably the more talented in like uh, they have a couple of players that are more talented than Eastern Kentucky, but overall, I give it to Eastern Kentucky. I mean, I picked this just based on how I feel. Um, right. I, you're, right. And, you're, the, you're the vibe indicator for FCS. Yeah, and, and frankly, <laughs> I just like the vibe of saying, let's go pee. Right. So let's go pee. Hella sus, so fuck you. No, Mike uh, Evans is sus this week, okay? Sleeper told me. Let's go back over to the top. Missouri Valley Conference. We have South Dakota State at Missouri State this weekend. Number three at number four. Uh, huge matchup. Huge matchup. Let's yeah. be real. Um, the thing for me here, I think they're both roughly equally talented. I don't know a way to they're differentiate basically equally these ranked. Um, so at this point, again, like I said for the NFL, Raiders and Titans, if they're both equally good, I'm going to take the home team. Which is I'm, Missouri State. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Jacks on this because I like the Jacks. First off, it's a fun mascot. Second off, I'm in South Dakota right now, so I'm going to give some hometown love. Right. I knew you were going to do that at the same time. That being said, I think regardless of which of these teams wins, they're going to stay number three and number four. It's just which order they are in. I don't know. Depends on how much one of them wins by, you know? Well, if it's like a 30-point blowout. Definitely not really, going to be three and four. Do you really expect it to be a 30-point blowout? No, I don't, but anything's okay. possible because it's college football, and that's what makes college football amazing. So, Any given action Thursday, right? <laughs> damn right. Uh, the final matchup of the week we're going to talk about for the FCS here, Montana State at Eastern Washington. Uh, one of my favorite things in all of FCS football is how they integrated the E, the W, and the U into the shape of their mascot, which is the Eagle. That is really cool to me. And at the same time, is really weird looking. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> Look, I like the clip art, clip art Montana State Panther, okay? Yes, it's good. It's very good. Um, I'm going to be real here. Montana State's way better. Eastern Washington last year had a quarterback that could have competed with anybody in the country. Montana, Montana State are going to be the class of that division, that conference this season. 
I expected it to come down to the Montanas and the Dakotas yet again for the FCS crown. Just Montana oh. and Montana State both are going to be in that race for sure. I think I think you're right. Um, and I'm with you on Montana State. I knew what they had. This one was more of a, hey, I know this team. I know what they bring to the table kind of pick for me. Um, yeah, th- this should be Montana State's game all day. Unfortunately for that, they don't have Troy Anderson anymore, who's in the NFL now. But they're still very good. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to the matchups that we picked for this weekend that we wanted to talk about. Uh, Bug did go with Texas at Texas Tech, in part because of that DeMarvion Overshone ordeal, which is hilarious. It is also a rivalry game, uh, which is always fun. Um, I kind of don't believe in the Longhorns. I'm going with Tech here. They're the home team. Why not? Tortillas I, all over the field. Texas can't run on tortillas. They can only run on turf. And Texas Tech has got grass and tortillas on field. So. <laughs> I I do. I, I'm not a full believer in Texas, but I do think they're, they're resurging. And Tech just, they're not, they're still in the middle of a rebuild. They're not where they need to be just yet. Um, I'm, I'm taking Texas in this one. My pick of the week was James Madison at Appalachian State. The Dukes. On Twitter this week, I did go ahead and say, uh, JMU is currently number one by a lot in BDT trench ratings. Uh, like, it's not even close. That's weird. Also, Appalachian State is really fun, and you can never count out the Mountaineers. Um, also, the Appalachian Mountains are literally older than the dinosaurs. So, everything about this is cool. It's the founding of America versus the founding of the Earth. And <laughs> what do you do with that? <laughs> I So, I'm going to take my time here. I'm, I'm picking, picking JME, but I'm going to take my time here and get on my soapbox real quick. It is absolute garbage that JMU cannot cannot uh, go win the Sun Belt Conference this year. They can't go for the championship game. They can't even play in a bowl game. Uh, and let's relate this back. So JMU improved its standings, and the NCAA basically gave it the same punishment that what it gave punishment? it. More than it gave LSU. Yeah, like, what are you guys doing? Come on. Right. And, and I know that's some weird reclassification rule the NCAA has, but it's trash and they need to get rid of it. Let these guys, as they move up, play. I'm going to be real. Appalachian State has been very fun to watch. At the same time, they've been very terrifying to watch because they're just good enough and they're just well-coached enough to stay in every week. I think James Madison is legitimately more talented right now than Appalachian State is. I don't know if they're a better coach. I'm going to say they are more talented in huge part thanks to the transfer portal work that Coach Signetti has done. This Dukes team is freaky good out of nowhere. Uh, like they were, they've been good in the FCS level for over a decade now straight. At the same time, nobody thought they would come out and just dominate the FBS level like they have so far. And these games haven't even been closed. They've been handling their opponents. To be fair, they've only played two games so far this season. They bitch-slapped Middle Tennessee State. And then they played Norfolk State, which, yes, that's an FCS opponent. But also, they won by almost 60 points, which is the same standard that we hold Alabama and Ohio State to. So if they can stay at number one in the polls thanks to beating an FCS school by 60, so can JMU. 
Why not? Let's I'm all for it. <laughs> all right. Speaking of Dukes. Yeah, I was just going to say, spe- speaking of the word Duke, I'm going with the college basketball matchup of the football world. Um, no, guys, I promise you this is not an NCAA Final Four matchup. Uh, these are, in fact, apparently two solid teams this year. Uh, both are undefeated. Uh, the Duke Blue Devils in Kansas. I'm here for the storylines. I'm here for the fun. I'm taking Kansas. I understand it. Uh, so here's the thinking with this one for me. I think they're both, again, this is roughly evenly matched. And it's fun for that reason. I would say I don't think either team is actually particularly great. I'm not picking Duke to compete for the ACC this year. I'm just not. I'm not picking Kansas to compete for the Big 12 this year. Let's be real. <laughs> they might. I know they beat West Virginia, and they're going to beat Texas. That's two wins. They need a lot more than that. So, <laughs> um, at this point, I'm going to take, like I said before, when it's that evenly matched, I'm going to take the home team, especially when they have the best player on the field. So, for Kansas... Their quarterback right now is un freaking believable <laughs> and potentially working his way into the Heisman conversation. Like, I'm not even kidding on that one. Um, Jalen Daniels is. Are we going to, are we going to see him on a prospect overview here soon? No, he's definitely not an NFL style quarterback. I don't think he's, really it's it's weird right like this is this is the kind of thing where the quarterback's going to lead the team in rushing yards and he's going to have more rushing yards than he has passing yards at the same time that totally freaking works in college football yeah and uh kansas has been successful with that as of late we'll see what they can do going forward this is going to be a fun game though i'm excited for this one and it's actually Kansas's first sellout crowd in a long time. Nice. So send it. Rock chalk, baby. Let's go. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, I'm taking the Jayhawks I, too. Why not? I I do. Um. So that's our games for this weekend. Let's go ahead and talk about some NFL prospects for this weekend, like you just alluded to, Tug. Um, first off, I'm going to say Frank Gore Jr. Obviously, hey, I've heard the I've about. heard the name before. Right. Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, as a running back for Southern Miss, he has been pretty decent. This is probably the first full season he's going to be the absolute undisputed starter at running back, which could mean one of two things: either he's going to absolutely dominate and go to the NFL right now or he's going to stay for another season to get that second year as the undisputed starter. That's most likely what's going to happen here. At the same time, this week they're playing a Tulane team, which is freaking amazing at pass defense. If Southern Miss can run the ball, that's going to make things very interesting. Tulane is what, uh, number one in the country in pass defense and number 79 in the country in run defense. Uh, Frank Gore Jr. can take advantage of that. He is talented enough to exploit that uh, for sure. 
So I wanted to see him at least get 100 yards here. I want to see him get a touchdown or two in this game. This is a perfect opportunity for him to just go off. And I'm really hoping to see that. Uh, Oh, God. Doug, come back. back. Hey. I'm going to go with the Alabama transfer to Arkansas. Uh, if you'll remember when we had Rick on the show talking about Alabama football, he mentioned Drew Sanders specifically as a guy he hated losing in that transfer portal. Uh, we're seeing why he's really freaking talented and only recorded one sack in his entire career before this year. And now through three games, he's uh, tied for the lead in the NCAA in sacks. Uh, that's weird. <laughs> How does that work? Maybe he's really good. So let's watch him against the talented Texas A&M squad, who's actually not that good on offense. Maybe Drew Sanders can have a huge game here. I would expect that he does if Arkansas is going to win this game. Uh, He's also been good so far at forcing turnovers, actually tied for second in the NCAA in that category as well. If he can do that against Texas A&M, the pigs have a great shot at winning this game and actually being in a position to challenge Alabama for the SEC West title, which they is need this. So weird to say, uh, Arkansas hasn't been able to do that for a very long time. So <laughs> let's go pigs this weekend. Let's go Drew standards pigs. And, uh, I need to see, I need to see a couple of sacks. And like three turnovers. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I don't need to see that. Exactly. Uh, one turnover would be fine. I just want to see a good game. <laughs> Out of Drew's hands. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Let's All be realistic right. here. Uh, you keep looking back at your screen. What's happening in that Thursday night game? Dude, Cleveland's driving again. We're coming up on half. we got 238 left in the second. Uh, Cleveland's at about midfield. It is 14-13 Pittsburgh because Cleveland missed a kick. That sounds very Cleveland to me. Gotta say, that's uh, that's the Browns in a nutshell. And apparently Njoku would have been a great fantasy start. He's got seven catches in the first half. Also, Carolina's lead has been cut by a lot at halftime. They're only up by 10 on Georgia State. Oof. At the same time, uh, it is 27-17, and Coastal Carolina looks like the better team by far. Which, let's be real, they are. <laughs> um, but I guess the only thing we have left on the schedule for this episode is bracket time. Which is kind of bittersweet this week, gotta be honest with you, man. This is our last ever episode of the Power 5 Stadiums Bracket. Bro, and I don't know how we're going to decide. Twitter couldn't decide. I know. That's how tight this matchup was. That uh, Twitter themselves was tasked with just picking one stadium to be the absolute number one Power 5 stadium in all of college football. And it came down to a tie between two different stadiums. So let's pull up the graphic. Why not? Let's go ahead and start talking about this. Because this is for all... The freaking marbles, my guy. <laughs> we All are right. down to our not final four copyright issues of 
the Power Five plus five stadiums bracket. This is USC, Alabama, Mississippi State, the Ohio State University, all paired up, all matched up against each other in our final four here. On Twitter, there was a tie between USC and Ohio State. So, what we said last episode is whoever wins the Twitter poll will be the number one. Since there was a tie, I guess what we have to do here is go ahead and say USC, Ohio State, they're going to be number one and number two in some order. Uh, Let's start hashing it out. And then number three, number four, that's going to be Alabama and Davis Wade. Um, Brian Denny, Davis Wade. I'm, in some order, once again. So I have my order doped out. I'm pretty sure you're going to be honestly identical. Um, okay. Go ahead and start with number four. All right, number four, I got I got Davis Wade. I agree. Okay. <laughs> Which means number three, I have Brian Denny. Uh, That's frankly, what we're required to do, thanks to Twitter. Yep. Um, frankly, uh, in, in my opinion, I probably would have had Brian Denny at number two. Um, that's kind of where I had them pegged coming into this, but Twitter tied my hand, so Brian Danny's going to be number three for me. Okay. And then, Doug, there's just something about being best friends with you. Um, some of your, some of your mannerisms, some of your fandoms, uh, some of your, your expressions, uh, they just, they bleed over. Um, yeah. <laughs> there is something about the shoe that makes it a magical place. It is the mecca for any Ohio State fan anywhere. They want to go to the shoe. Now, I could say that about any of these stadiums. Um, these are the meccas of their individual fandom. That being said, 100, what, 104,000? Max capacity? We'll say 103. All right, you got a hundred three of your close, hundred three thousand of your closest friends watching the game with you. Man, the history, the traditions. Uh, there's just so much with this field that I I cannot put the Coliseum above it. Records a hundred and ten. So okay, hundred ten thousand <laughs> of your closest friends. <laughs> um. If Ben were here, I think we would have a much more lively discussion. I think we would have to really take this out. Because I think this is a very close. At the same time, you're absolutely right. That's the order I would have picked these stadiums in. And I think it comes down to, for me, man, there are there are teams that are iconic to the sport, and then there are stadiums that are iconic to the sport. That's it. And those are separate conversations. Bryant Denny is in itself not as iconic to the sport of college football as the University of Alabama is as a team, as a program. Yep. Bryant Denny's kind of a plain stadium. They got a lot of passes in this bracket because no other stadium could compete in terms of scale and grandeur. At the same time, it is not the iconography of a USC or Ohio State. Honestly, if they were on a different matchups in earlier in the bracket, they might not have made it this far. Yep, I would if agree. If it were Bryant-Denny versus the Rose Bowl a couple of weeks ago, it probably would have gone to the Rose Bowl. 
But as an environment, as a stadium, Brian Denny is pretty iconic. Same with Davis Wade. The cowbell is something that no other team can ever try to recreate. That is purely Davis Wade's environment. You cannot do that for fear of you know getting sued at this point. <laughs> right? Um, like I said, hadn't the NCAA for all teams except Mississippi State outlawed the cowbell? Uh, I think noisemakers in general. <laughs> yeah. Not even just the cowbell specifically. And the shape of the stadium is different than these other stadiums that have made it this far, for sure, as well. Um, at the same time, it's a very collegiate shape to the stadium. That's something only college teams would be able to pull off. Like, high school stadiums aren't that tall of a size to be able to pull this off, even though that's well, kind of the dynamic you're going for. First off, hold up. If we're not talking about 100,000-foot or 100,000-fan high school stadiums either, though. What I'm, what I'm talking about, though, it's that kind of an environment. It's a small-town feel in the shape of 90,000 yes. fans, which yep. is insane. And that's really cool, and that's something that can really only happen in college football. But then you come to Ohio State and USC, the Coliseum and Ohio Stadium. These stadiums have been around for so long. and They are have, college football. There's been too much of the history of the sport that has happened in this environment for it not to be recognized as a great environment at both of these places. Agreed. Real. And if you've been to the shoe and seen this, the band comes down, all of the, the ring around that upper deck of the stadium with the Heisman Trophy winners, the national championship teams and the bell tower to the side, that's not something you can find anywhere, any other sport at all. And then USC, the front of that stadium with the pillars and the, the basically they have the shrines to each of their Heisman Trophy winners at the front of that stadium. Is Reggie Bush still there? Um, I actually don't know that. That'd be fun to know. And the traditions, too, the game day traditions. I understand there are things about Alabama game day that make it fun, other than just watching them win 700 to nothing every week. At the same time, if you don't go to an Alabama game for the halftime show, the same way you go to an Ohio State game for the band sometimes. Like, that is something in its own right that you can't take away from the stadium. And same with USC, that that culture of the Trojan coming out onto the field. I mean, that is that's something so unique to this sport. And I think it's really cool that we got to see these two at the top here, Ohio State, USC. I do want to say uh, Ben has sent us a message. Bug has sent us a message. The Coliseum did have his vote, so it is not a clean sweep on our end. I knew um, that was going to happen. He only did that because I, he knew what we were going to do. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> and he's not here to defend himself, so ha ha. Suck it, Ben. Wild <laughs> State wins. <laughs> With the greatest college football stadium in the entire Power Five. I love it, man. I love it. What an end to a bracket. So I'm going to be real. Um, this bracket took a lot of work. <laughs> if y'all yeah. know. <laughs> Um, 
So we're not actually not going to do a Hold bracket on. for a little bit here. Sa- save it for Monday. We need we need something to talk about at the end of the show on Monday. All let's, I was let's... about all I was about to say is expect a different kind of announcement in the coming week or maybe okay. even two. We might just take a week off entirely from okay. this kind of a deal. And then we'll come back with a different kind of announcement. Stay tuned for sure. But it's still going to involve a lot of Twitter votes. And it's still going to involve a lot of your opinions. So stay tuned for sure. We're going to have a lot more things to discuss. And before too much longer, we will definitely get back to doing an entire group of five stadiums bracket. Because this has been some great conversations. And I love getting all these fan bases involved on Twitter. I can't- I can't wait till we get to the FCS stadiums. <laughs> that's going to be something else, dude. Oof, man. So with that, though, that's really all I had for this show. If you have anything else, I think, take it over, man. What do you got? I have nothing additional to add. I will read off our links. Uh, they are hold scrolling. Up, hold up, hold up. Illinois is up 17 nothing. I just said this was going to be a good game. What in the world? Illinois is so inconsistent, dude. This is crazy. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Okay, Cleveland just lost the ball on downs. Hey. Um, yeah, so I am going to read off the links. For those of you that aren't here watching it with us, it did take me another about 40 minutes to uh, actually put it on this time. But hey, they're up. All right, we have patreon.com slash BDT football, twitter.com slash BDT football, facebook.com slash BDT football, instagram.com slash BDT underscore football. We got you on the trick there. Uh, Twitch.tv slash big dudes in the trenches, BDT football.com, our email mailbox at BDT football.com. And finally, we do have a YouTube search big dudes in the trenches. We are working to get a customizable link. Yeah, but to do that, you need to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Facts. Hit, check out hit. the links. Uh, check out all the clips of the show, which are just basically shorter segments. You know, it's cool. If if Tug wants to put those out, it's up to him. Uh, oops. All right. <laughs> we, we will talk about that later. <laughs> Other than me failing a little bit. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen. That is all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for watching and or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win a trade.